Hey there, you're listening to the Swings and Studies podcast with your host, Jordan Perez. This podcast is designed to give you the latest in college golf in the form of interviews, analysis, the occasional hot take, and some good old commentary. If you want to keep up for more content, follow Swings and Studies on Twitter, at Swings Studies. That's at Swings Studies. Enjoy the episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Swings and Studies podcast, the 15th episode to be precise. This podcast just hit 200 downloads within the past week, which honestly was completely unimaginable when I started this. I know that's not an overwhelming number for podcasts generally, but for this podcast to generate any level of attention at all is something I'm super grateful for. So thank you so much for listening wherever you are and thank you for sticking with me throughout this process. It's been a really fun journey and I hope to kind of keep putting out more content that highlights a sport I really love. This week with the return of college golf on a larger scale, I wanted to explore the logistics of really what goes into these tournaments this far into the pandemic, especially for teams who haven't been competing and kind of have to shake off the rust in terms of hosting tournaments and actually returning to competitive play as a team. This week's episode features Emily Marin, head coach of the women's golf team at the University of Central Florida, who's hosting the very first stroke play women's golf tournament in Division I golf this Sunday at the UCF Challenge at Eagle Creek. A little bit of background on Emily, she's entering her ninth season as the head coach of the UCF Knights, and in those nine seasons has led her team to two American Athletic Conference titles, earned Coach of the Year twice, and has coached 14 all-conference selections in her career at UCF. In this interview, Emily and I are going to chat about what UCF's return to competitive golf has taken, the challenges in hosting a tournament in a pandemic, and getting back into the routine of a college golf season. It's a super informative and insightful interview and has me so pumped for the women's side to come back. So I hope you guys enjoy this one. How are you? How's your weekend been? What have you been up to? Yeah, I'm good. You know, just actually having a relaxing weekend because this is probably the last one for a long time. So, um, yeah, things are good. Right. Yeah. Today's January 24th. You guys are now officially just a week away from your first event of the season and really almost a year. Yeah, it's it's you know, it's just a lot to take in. Obviously, we're kind of the first event to um, of the spring season where you have multiple conferences, multiple teams. So it's been quite the process to even try to get this up and running. But we think we've got it under control and. You know, we have a, a lot of different paperwork to fill out with cross conferences. I think we have eight different conferences next weekend in our tournament. So it, it's been uh, a lot of work, but we're all excited to get back to competition and get back to what we love to do. I mean, what's been the general fielding building up to this moment, obviously, because you guys were one of the teams that weren't able to compete in the fall. Yeah, I mean, I keep just trying to tell the girls, like, it's such a unique experience, you know, and, and make the most of it. I mean, 20 years from now, they're going to be telling their kids about they had to wear a mask and do all of this. So we've just been really trying to embrace the time that we've had with the girls. We had five of them back in the fall. Um, two decided to stay home. Our number one player, Pat, stayed home in Thailand, and Shinatsu stayed home in Japan. But the other five came, and, you know, it, it was a unique semester in the fact that we don't get that very often. You know, golf is a 
sport where we play in the fall and the spring and we never really just have time to practice and, and just kind of maybe build on some things you're, you're working on it's like you usually get here in august and in two weeks you're off and running to tournaments so i think it was really nice for the freshmen just to kind of transition in um even though they weren't in class they were doing online classes but just to get used to you know their teammates or coaches the golf courses here so you know we tried to make the most of it and we're, we're pretty excited about next week hopefully we can get there and all test negative and get to play your event is usually one of the earliest on the schedule as far as um the spring schedule goes anyway i mean but with a longer pause away from competition than normal i mean as a coach for you how's that weight been in that preparation yeah, you know, it's just been, we've been counting down. It, it's crazy that our tournament during the pandemic, better and better, you know, in December, some of the teams had to pull out. We have a lot of SEC schools. Arkansas is here for the first time. Wake Forest and the ACC, Virginia ACC. So, you know, just because um, coaches were rearranging their schedules, we probably have the best field with, that we're ever going to have next week. And it, it's just day by day. I think any coach you talk to, we're just like, literally grateful for every day we have we'll see how next weekend goes of course we all have to test on wednesday that's the protocol everybody has to test and you know when you have 18 teams i think we have you know 96 players and and, you know 36 coaches we'll we'll see who who's able to come but um we're we're excited for the opportunity to host everybody when you talk about working with other coaches in different conferences and everything. How's that collaboration been in terms of trying to be on the same page and streamline all the protocols and everything? Yeah, it's probably been the best year I've been coaching. This is year 21 coaching and I've hosted a lot of different tournaments and the coaches have been so super supportive and nice. I can't tell you how many texts I've got that they're just thankful and grateful that I'm trying to put this event on and that it's been a lot of work on our end as far as getting everyone's uh, different conference paperwork signed by every school. And I've been, I've been trying to manage it the best I can, but what's really been helpful is the support of the other coaches. Um, I think they realize it's kind of a monumental task right now to be hosting during the pandemic and it kind of seems like um you know maybe if they were high maintenance before they're not anymore they're just happy to maybe tee it up um have some scorecards have a trophy you know we, we've kind of told our, our players there's not going to be a lot of bells and whistles like there typically is at tournaments i mean we, we can't even have volunteers here so we you know what we what we're used to seeing um you know like live scoring every three holes we can only ever do it at nine and 18 and just, just a lot of the frills maybe that they're used to that it's just got to be limited people that they're exposed to so we're just really from our end trying to do a good job of limiting the amount of people that the athletes and coaches are going to be exposed to and just try to keep it simple just golf so I want to gear back towards that a little later, but looking back to fall 2020, you said you had five of your players around, but what was an average week like for your program in terms of keeping up with practices, staying in shape? What did that look like? Yeah, you know, and every school was different with that. And, you know, we were lucky here at UCF that they, they gave us, you know, the protocols, our girls followed it. We, we went hard really Monday through Friday. We played a lot of golf. Um, we didn't have necessarily workouts, but we, we practiced and played Monday through Friday. I'd say we probably played twice a week and practiced. So it was pretty normal outside the fact that they weren't going to class and they didn't have study halls and everything was virtual. You know, they had to meet with their tutors and their academic advisors. Everything was virtual. So 
you know, I think the freshmen probably got tired of hearing, it's not usually like this <laughs> from the upperclassmen. They're like, well, it's not usually like this. So, you know, they did a really good job. And we've just, I think all the coaches um, could say, we're just trying to keep them safe. Um, we're, we're trying to have their best interests in mind always. And, you know, it hasn't, it wasn't easy. I mean, they had to test once a week. Uh, we tested every Monday morning. They got up and went and got tested and they had to be negative, obviously, to play and practice that week with us. But, you know, we, we just enjoyed, like I said, getting to know the freshmen and having them here and and just anxiously waiting. Some of them played um, tournaments. I know I think I had three girls that went up to Gainesville and played in the FSGA event up there. Some of them played in outside tournaments in November, December. So they were trying to do whatever they could to stay competitive and, you know, just keep their game sharp. Looking at your roster, you coach a relatively young team. What was it like to kind of lead them in a time of total uncertainty? Yeah, there was no, you know, guidelines handbook, as all the coaches would say, like, there, there was, you know, no, uh, no history to go off of here. Nobody could, we were just day by day. And, and I tried to stay in touch with them. You know, when you've got seven different players from, including the U.S., we have six different countries. So different time zones, all of that stuff of trying to communicate with them and just trying to keep in touch with them, see how they were doing. Um, and just tell them, you know, the one thing I've kept telling them from the beginning of the semester is all of our goals are still intact. You can still have all of your goals. We can win conference. We can get to regionals. We can get to nationals. So we've really just been trying to focus on that, that, you know, yeah, we missed out on our four tournaments in the fall, but all of our goals are still in place. Uh, we have pretty high expectations here. And like you said, we kind of have a young team, especially now with them getting that extra year back. I mean, I have four players who have been to a national champion and you know two freshmen coming in that have worldwide experience and, and our, our player that led us last year Pat she's only a sophomore so um, I, I think any coach would tell you I, I don't know what to expect next week I think it's different um, as far as that goes you know it's like a first tournament of the year we have no idea um, you know we just want them to do their best and take it day by day and like we said if we can get to that first tournament and everybody's negative and we get the chance to tee it up I think everybody just has a little bit different uh, perspective now of how grateful we are just for an opportunity to play and that could possibly take it be taken away I and mean, that's the one thing I said to them last week in our team meeting we have to be resilient this spring that's our key word is resilient because you never know we might go to a tournament and they say hey all five of you are playing together they might say hey we have to leave the flag sticks in you just don't know anymore so we just have to know day by day things could change and as long as we have the opportunity to tee it up and compete um, we're grateful for that in a time where you mentioned yes things are rapidly changing what type of personal growth have you seen in your team through this time and even yourself as a leader yeah, I think we've all learned how to do things differently um, for them. You know, some of them worked out a lot during the summer. I mean, obviously they couldn't do much. So some of them have really, you know, developed um, their games and, you know, their bodies just working out and eating right and doing good things. So, I mean, it's hard when you don't get to compete. That's the one thing. If you haven't competed as a, as a golfer, that's the one thing. It, it takes a little bit. So that's why I was glad they went over the Christmas break and they played in some tournaments, you know, knock that rust off. Um, as far as me as a coach, it just it just taught me to, you know, think outside the box. I mean, even with recruiting, we haven't been able to recruit. So as a coach, everything was taken away from us last March. And as a coach, this isn't just a career. This is a lifestyle. This is something we live every day. And to have everything taken away of no coaching, no recruiting, you know, you, you feel a little bit lost. But 
it, it taught me to connect with recruits in a different way. You know, we were Zoom calling them all the time. So typically we haven't done that. And that's something we're going to continue to do. So I think there's been little things that we've learned over the past year. They're like, hey, actually, you know, we're going to continue to do that um, this past week. We had a girl who couldn't make a team meeting, and we just FaceTimed her in. And, we, and my assistant said, man, I would have never thought about that before. So I think there's little things that we've learned that we still can stay connected, even if we're not you know, physically close to each other. I want to expand on recruiting a little bit. You guys brought on two signees this past fall. I mean, can you talk a little bit more about how you've been able to navigate the hurdles given the pandemic and dead periods and everything and how gratifying was it to be able to add two players yeah it's a little scary I think any coach would tell you I mean we signed two players who we've never seen play before (laughs) so that's a little scary Um, he had to go off of a lot of scores and tournament results and talk to some recruiting people and and talk to people who maybe seen them play and again get to know them over zoom calls and you know the NCAA allowed us to like have zoom calls with our players on the call so they could talk to them so um, you know it's been tough and I I don't know that that's going to change a lot at least in the next six months to maybe next fall hopefully this summer they open it up because Without seeing kids play in person, that's just that's a real challenge to sign kids and say, hey, here's a scholarship. I hope you're as good as I think you are. And, um, yeah, that's been challenging. And for us, we, we recruit worldwide. I mean, we only have two Americans on our team. And, you know, to not get over to Europe in the summer and see a lot of these kids, it was challenging. So hopefully that changes soon. Specific to the American Athletic Conference, can you give a little bit of insight as to what real what it really took to declare that it was safe to compete in team golf again? A lot has changed, obviously, in our country with the pandemic. I think that I have seen it on campus this past week. There are so many more kids back on campus this semester. And, you know, maybe that, that overriding fear that we all had back in July and August um, has, has subsided a little bit. Um, I had coronavirus back in September. Two of my players had it. We've had a lot of guys on our men's team. And I think that maybe, you know, it's just um, – We've seen that how to control a little bit more. We're used to wearing masks. Obviously, the vaccine's coming out. So I think the American Conference felt, you know, again, that's going to be institutional based. You know, uh, you know, our, our school has been supportive of allowing us to travel. And, you know, we have some restrictions in place as far as we can only have three or four girls in one van at a time and you know, hotel rooms and all that type of stuff. And we can't eat in restaurants, all of our foods to go. So, again, it's going to look a little bit different. But I think the conference did a good job of kind of assessing everything and seeing how the football travel went this fall and felt like it was okay to let us uh, get back to competition this spring you said you had coronavirus how was that yeah you know it sucked for about five six days Um, I was out for two weeks but um, I never had a fever kind of started out as a sore throat and um, was down and out like I said there was about five days where I felt pretty crummy and um, you know got over it in a week or so so I was out for two weeks and again it gave my assistant coach an opportunity to step in and you know, run practice on his own and, and do that. So I, I think sometimes, you know, you have to make the most of it. Um, you have to see how you can look at something in a positive light. And two of our players had it. One had it the first week in September. Another one had it back in July. So, uh, and that's just, again, what we fully told them. Like, hey, look, we have five other girls on the team who haven't had it or my assistant hasn't had it. It's probably going to happen this spring. You know, someone's going to pop positive and with contact tracing, we're, we're fully expecting that. And like I said, be resilient like okay if we have to reschedule and get into another tournament we will so that's why I think every coach you would talk to is just living 
literally tournament by tournament. Like, let's just hope we can get to that next one. I mean, even qualifying, we're doing qualifying this week and I'm, I'm waiting to get lineups from all these schools so we can, you know, set our tee times. And that's a little hard when you don't test until Wednesday, you don't even know who you're bringing on a plane, maybe until Thursday night until they get their PCR test results. So it's a little hard to um, manage, but it is what it is. And it's just, um, we're willing to do it. If that's me, that's what we have to do to compete. How many times are you guys testing like before and throughout the tournament? Um, the American conference requires us to test 72 hours prior to the practice round. So on Wednesday, all of the teams have to PCR test and present a negative test result before the practice round. Um, and that's what we're requiring. That's pretty common. Uh, we go over to Moon Golf Invitational. It's the same thing. I think the Lady Gator is going to be the same thing. So typically it's two, three days prior to the practice round. You have to have a PCR test. We're testing our, our athletes here at UCF every week. Once a week they test under the Big Ten. Some of those schools, it's every two days with an antigen test followed up by a PCR test. So just depends on your school, your conference. Um, but we're not going to be actually testing during events um, just prior to. So you guys put out your spring schedule a lot earlier than a lot of programs did. Um, what was that initial reaction when you had finally found out that you were able to return? And I mean, the team-wide reaction when everybody realized, okay, this is a go. Yeah, you kind of say, is this a go? <laughs> I was like, so we're good with this? We're, we're okay? And yeah, they were just excited. You know, we have a really, really good schedule. And like I said, with the SEC kind of coming out with their protocols of their tournaments, and we get to play against a lot of SEC teams, ACC teams. So um, I, I, it was crazy. Our schedule, again, like just got better and better as November came, December came with the SEC announcing that they were going to have those four tournaments, and we were already in the Lady Gator. So it seems like the fields got better um, as the months went by and we're excited. I mean, we have, we have some really good teams we're going to face every, every week and we don't know how the rankings are going to be. That's the other thing that is a mystery is how are these rankings going to work when some of the teams competed in the fall, some of them didn't. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how they navigate that come the spring. You talked about how stacked of a field you guys had. I mean, you're bringing teams in like Arkansas, Wake Forest. I mean, how do you think that's really going to shake out in terms of pure competition? Yeah, I think I think we have no idea. I mean, obviously those teams were good a year ago. I think um, I, I don't say we have low expectations, but I, I would say probably almost every team has no expectations. We just we want to see how our teams are. Um, I know for us, we're going to take the whole spring and just see who our top five are. That's always my goal is is to put girls in the lineup. Typically, that four or five spot rotates in and out. So I think every team right now could honestly say, hey. This is our first tournament, except for the SEC, you know, Arkansas, they competed in the fall. But you just don't know. With girls not having com competed for a long time, maybe not with, like, the team that you have as far as freshmen coming in. And it just takes a while as a coach to figure out your lineup. So I think that's what a lot of schools will be doing. It will be great for us to see Houston and the American Conference, see what they have. And, and just for everybody to see each other, one of the coaches texted me this morning. She's like, I'm so excited to see everybody. We, we literally haven't seen each other for, like, a year. So you know coaches as much as we're competitors we're friends and you know some of these people are our best friends we haven't seen them in a year so it, it, it's an exciting week and I think that the athletes are excited and the coaches are excited and we just can't wait to get get to next Sunday as it pertains to just spring goals and the general mindset obviously your team's had such an upward trajectory ever since you became head coach what are the true goals for you know going into postseason and regionals and everything 
Yeah, I mean, we've been fortunate here. Um, You know, it starts with, obviously, recruiting great kids, and Steve and I have worked really hard at that and developing a really good schedule. And, you know, I I say in our team meetings, like, hey, look, like, I'm not going to write up ever. I've never written on a board, like, hey, our goal is to win the conference championship. It's kind of like, well, I hope so. So it's like... Our, our goals more are about your attitude, being a good person, working really hard, showing up prepared. We kind of stick to those core values and goals. And I, I try to always just get back to those. And if we can stick to those, the rest will take care of itself. You know, of course, I, I, I'm competitive. We've put trophies in the case. We've gone to nationals. But that starts with being a good person and being a good student and being a good teammate and working really hard. And, you know, we're going to get on you if you're not doing those things because that's going to lead to your success. So I think it comes from recruiting really good people and just pushing them to be better and better every day. And that's what's going to lead you, you know, to victories and winning, getting to regionals, getting to nationals. I mean, we went to nationals now two years ago, we say all the time, we admit we were, I mean, gosh, we were like 50th in the country. No one would have predicted that. But our girls, they, they just, they had heart. They played for each other. And that's one thing that we really, really try to reinforce to them is you never give up. You, you play to the end. You play for each other. And I always say, you know, the heart can play, take you places talent can't. So you can have all the talent in the world, but if you don't have that heart, you know, you can't get there. So we just try to stay, you know, really committed to those goals. and. Um, see where that takes us you mentioned some of your players being away from the fall how is it reuniting with them and kind of reintegrating them into more of a normal-ish practice routine and get-togethers and stuff yeah we hadn't seen Shinatsu and Pat like for 10 months I mean we, we picked them up from the airport and it's just weird like hey how's it going haven't seen you it's almost like recruiting them all over again but um, it was great, you know, and it was fun to see them, see their teammates. I mean, like I said, they hadn't seen each other since the second week in March in person. So it's just, you know, we're, we're again, just grateful for every day we have with them now. And, you know, probably some of them, yeah, it's probably a lot getting back into practice five days a week. And we start workouts next week. So, you know, if you've been at home in your sweatpants um, <laughs> watching TV, it might be a bit of a shock to your system, but they've been handling it really well. And I'm proud of them for what they had to endure over the last year. And I'm just glad that we're back doing what we love to do. I want to gear more towards like a very general question. There's kind of been an uptick in college golf coverage over the recent year with um, NCAAs and uh, different events being aired. How do you feel about like college golf receiving a little more attention and different teams kind of getting that spotlight? Yeah, we've worked really hard at that. You know, um, like I said, this is my 21st year in coaching, and we were nowhere near that 20 years ago. So I think that um, our our committees, WGCA, and on the men's side, the GCAA, they've done a really good job of working with the Golf Channel. You know to reformat our national championship into match play and it's just been exciting and um it's exciting for the kids you know whether it's social media and just more exposure and having some some media there at our events it's just fun to to give them that opportunity to kind of showcase their games do you have a specific message for your team and their return and everybody being back together 
Yeah, like I said, we just tell them to be resilient. It's not going to be normal. It's not going to be the same and just be prepared for change. You know, every day we show up, something's going to be different. So resiliency is our word, um, just to be tough and just say, hey, it doesn't matter. Whether we're taking a flag six out or we're playing a five sim or we've just were told uh, we're going to Mercer's event, we're going to play three and three with your own teammates. So there's just challenges there that we've never had before. Like, hey, okay, who are we pairing together? You better make sure everybody gets along. And, you know, just those type of things. So we're just really trying to tell them, hey, be prepared for anything. Don't be surprised if we wake up some morning and they say, hey, you know, you all have to play together today. So I think it's exciting. I, I keep trying to tell them, hey, this is unique. This is a unique experience. And let's just embrace that. Well, Emily, it sounds like you guys are so excited. And I mean, you've really put in so much work to put this event on. And it's really nice to see, you know, college golf coming back for the most part and seeing the work that so many different programs, including yours, have put in. It's it's really remarkable to see the job that not only you and, you know, this community has done to really get this show back on the road, essentially. Yeah, wish me luck, right? Yeah, I know, <laughs> seriously. Keeps, uh, they keep calling me the guinea pig, like literally. This Somebody texts, I think the Virginia coach texted me this morning. She's like, you're kind of the guinea pig for this, right? And I am, and it's fine. You know, the, the Florida coach, Emily, and I are good friends. She's like, hey, can you send me what you're sending out to coaches? So I'm like, I'm, I either have the opportunity to be great or I'm going to, you know, be like hey don't do this so we'll see you know I think that the one thing is like you have the support from all the coaches and they realize I don't have a handbook for this so we're gonna put our mask on and wash our hands and try to play some golf you just heard from Emily Marin head coach of the UCF Knights women's golf team if you want to keep up with the UCF women's golf team in their return to competitive golf this spring season you can follow their twitter account at UCF underscore w golf that's at UCF underscore W-G-O-L-F. And if you want to keep up with Emily personally, check out her Twitter account at M-U-C-F underscore Knights. That's at E-M-U-C-F underscore K-N.